I've got a favour to ask. Anything for you, Dookie. Anything at all. If I were 40 years younger, I'd tell you I would do with so many things for you. Quite. I'd tell you, I would do you nice and good. I would. Lovely. Would you be willing to sing the opening couple of bars of Lionel Richie's All Night Long? All Night Long. I'll tell you, Dookie, for you, I could do All Night Long all day long. It fills me with joy. Please. Oh, night long, oh, night, oh, night. That's the chorus part. The opening part, you know, the really emotive, slightly West Indian tinged bit of Lionel Richie Goodwin. Well, me friends, the time has come. Raise the roof and have some fun. Come away, this world to be done. Let the music play on, play on, play on, Ooh, play you, on. You did your own echo there. We better start the show. a quartet of warm greetings from yours truly. Regular listeners to the Dukey Radio Show may recall my interview with Ben Wood from Ben Wood and the Bad Ideas from November 2014, a week shy of a year ago. I'm pleased to report that he's back. With strong language from the outset, we explore the perils of sound checking next to a smoke machine, the allure of cleaning staff, the topsy-turvy world of working with other bands on a bill, rusty cars, Gary Newman's hair, and a daydream-inspired West End musical based on Lionel Richie's All Night Long. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. With me in the studio for the second time, I've got Ben Wood. Greetings, Ben. Good afternoon, Dukey. How the devil are you? I'm radiant. Aren't you just? Indeed. I'm. Do you know the other weekend... I had another clusterfuck. Tell me all about it. I had another clusterfuck related to this gig I did with Coordinated, and two incidents occurred at Soundcheck alone. 
Good grief. Sound checks are normally really dull. Yes. Yeah, for the most part, it's hearing a kick drum being hit repeatedly for about 25 minutes and... Yep. People can you won't. give me the snare? That kind of stuff. So two things happened. <laughs> One, I was setting up the computer for the keyboard parts that get flown in with coordinated. And... So you're like IT support too? Basically, yes. Jesus yeah, Christ, I'm you do everything. Steve Jobs of the band. <laughs> there are other computers. There are other dead people of note. And the Mac that we were using was up on a tiny little flight case. Right, got you. On the floor of the stage. For the most part, you turn it on, the set plays, done and dusted. Mm -hmm. So I was just logging in, doing what you do, getting everything up and running. This is during the sound check. So the lights and the venue are up. You can see all the flaws in the floor and the scratches on the wall. You know, it's not the venue's not looking pretty, basically. Right, got you. And for reasons I don't know, some absolute fuck-knuckle decides to turn on the smoke machine, which is right next to my elbow, the elbow of which is connected to the hand that I'm using to sort out computer bits and bobs. Jesus Christ. Suddenly it looks like a Sisters of Mercy gig from, you know, the 1980s. And there was so much of it, so much dry ice, smoke, if you will, that I couldn't see the monitor. To which I did a bit of a Ramsey. What Wonderful. the fuck is this? Shut it down! Well, that's a real Spinal Tap moment. Yeah. No one's, no one's going to enjoy that. It's not the time to test it out. What else happened? What else was going on? So, that's fine. It may have been an error, but, but it wasn't. Because later that night, <laughs> I was doing the same thing when the actual gig was about to take place. Only this time, the stage lights are on, and I'm there getting ready to make sure all the connections are all right, and also preparing to press the button for kickoff. <laughs> At that, the exact yeah, moment that I'm setting shit up, yep. the same nasty-ass motherfucker decides <laughs> to press the on button for the smoke machine. Only this time, it was with greater might. So, again, I do a, what the fuck is this? What's this? <laughs> But back to the sound check. We're going to tell the story in Tarantino style. Well, the timeline is elastic. Right. So sound check is well underway. I'm about to do the bass, which is usually done after you do the drums and everything. And at that exact moment, for reasons I have no idea of, a member of staff at this venue, the Electro Work in London, there are other venues, there are other cities. This chap comes up on the stage... And he's, he's mopping the stage. And he's mopping around me as though I'm in his way. And in really British fashion, I apologise. So he's mopping away. I'm, you know, doing the first bits of bass noise through Jeez. my rig that the sound engineer is hearing. And this guy's mopping all around me. I apologise to him. I'm really sorry I'm in your way. It's a fucking sound check. <laughs> this guy decides to be Mr, you know, Mr Sheen. It's like they do in McDonald's, yeah, like when they kind of scoot round with the, the mop. But you wouldn't, not on a stage. It's not, not before you could slip over. It's a bad idea. Yeah, but also this is even before the stage became nasty. You know, for the most part... <laughs> 
when you were the it wasn't, it wasn't like a woman in a tabard. No, kind of no, it was a, it was a, a dude who looked like he was of Filipino or right. South American extraction. Yeah. Rahul. Beautiful parts of the world. I've had brilliant times in the Philippines. You know, it's not an issue of background here. It's just an issue of timing. Had this chap started mopping at, you know, one in the morning when everything was done, fair enough. I'd give him a thumbs up. But I was doing my fucking sound check. He decides it's really, really, really good to, to mop up like Cinderella. And then it dawned on me that I was apologetic. So I decided to use my vocal mic sound check to apologise... Not for being there. I decided to make a joke of it. You know, I am so sorry I pissed on the stage. Oh, yes. There may be some, some of God's gravy. I had a bit of <laughs> diarrhoea. It's a good thing this has been attended to right now. So, yeah, it, it, it's, I've That's had an issue with, with technical stuff happening on the stage. This time, dry ice and people mopping it up. That Not is Not the dry ice, but just mopping up for no real reason. That's unreal. That's real spinal tap stuff. But, I mean, at least, you know, they've got their attention to detail. But it's not a very rock and roll thing, the mob. You no. don't you don't need to see that. Unless you're a mob Pre-show. Well, precisely, yeah. Yeah, indeed. But no, there's, there's, a, hair, there's, a time, there's a time and a place, I think, for cleaning products to come into the, into the, to the fore. You don't need that then. That must have been pretty annoying. I'd have been annoyed with that shit. When I was on tour in the middle of Texas, the guitar player who was with us had a genuine thing for cleaning women. Now, I know on the show Seinfeld, the character uh, Costanza also had a thing for cleaning women. And, and he, um, Dave may have been the guitarist's name. I won't mention his surname to protect him. But he had a, a bit of a fantasy come true, nearly, where Ooh, we were staying in a, in a motel room and... This particular room, because we were down there for South by Southwest, we had the room for five days or so. And for reasons of rock and roll activities, the do not disturb sign had been on the knob of the door, that is, for a long time. But obviously the, the cleaning staff there had to keep up you know, a bare minimum of uh, hygiene standards, need to maintain them. David had a long night. He was in bed despite the do not disturb sign being noticed being on the doorknob, <laughs> she enters the room. Oh. She started cleaning around him. And as he told me, she had all the solvents in a variety of different <laughs> colours. Wonderful. And he, he said that after she was done, he made a mess, if you know what I mean. Oh. Um, but yeah, she, you know, she's bending over, dusting, mopping. I don't have a thing for cleaning staff myself. No, me but, neither. Most the pity. But Dave did. And it was a wonderful moment. Lucky Again, bastard. that was an, um, although it was inappropriate, in the sense that he could have been naked. He may have been, I don't know. He was beneath the, the bedding. At least, you know, she was there to, you know, ensure that cleaning standards were being adhered to. I'm up there during sound check at <laughs> 6.51 in the evening. The mopping need not have happened. There, there had been no spillage uh, activity taking place. That reminds me of a... It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, wasn't it? A sexy Mexican maid. That came into my head there when you were saying the this, this story about Dave. You ever heard that tune? No, I haven't. She's a sexy... Mother's Milk. As I've got that image in my head with this sort of... I suppose that would be California, but Texan. It's, it, oh, I don't know. 
it's a, it's a funny era for them. But yeah, definitely not a sexy Mexican maid on the on the stage that night. That's not a good thing. That's kind of shit. Well, indeed, but it's one of those things. You, I think the the <laughs> it's when you don't get a sound check at all. That's a that's a real problem. Yeah, well, line check your mate. This is it. You don't. But if you're going to have a sound check and things like, what have we got? So that's a uh, dry eyes twice, and the maid. The maid. <laughs> See, I've got the I've got the fancy now. I'm going to get the do not disturb sign on my knob, on the knob, the doorknob. I've done so many tours where I've been the bassist and singer, and when you're in a situation whereby you have to do line check, ninety five percent of the time, they will set the guitar player's mic to be at lead singer levels. And even if you tell them, right, I'm the bassist, I might not be as pretty as our guitarist, but bless and apologies to all the audience that will be seeing us later. It is me doing the vocals, deal with it. <laughs> and then sure enough, you know, boop, 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 show starts, rock and roll. And then my vocals are low as fuck and awash with tons of <laughs> reverb <laughs> and pretty boy guitarist who only sings here and there. The vocal mic is so loud that it's actually Jesus. amplifying his guitar, which is about, you know, <laughs> 10 metres behind him. Honestly, I don't really have major issues in the world of uh, sound reinforcement I, and I the remember, people who use it. I remember seeing you play uh, on Denmark Street, and there was an issue with vocals regarding... The t- this sound engineer had spilled his fucking pint oh, all over the, 12 the desk. Bar. Do you remember this one? Yes, yeah, the sound engineer had spilled his pint onto the mixing desk. Well, it must. It, that was the only thing it could have been. We, I think we saw the panic and um, pe- everyone... It was quite clear that he needed to sort the sound out, but he, he was just giving it the thumbs up like he'd done something when really it was a, there's nothing to be done. I've really Apart I've really from done evaporation. This and, yeah, precisely. That thing needed a few days. It was intermittent. I remember you briefly, you'd hear yourself, and it would be... Because I didn't know about the pint being spilled onto the system until after the gig. So I thought when he was twiddling stuff that he was weaving his magic. But in reality, you know, the various components were drying out and when they felt like working... You heard vocals, and when you didn't, you heard none. And, yeah, that was that was a weird gig. It became a bit of an instrumental uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. And I found myself shouting as though I could be heard over a guitar going through a Marshall and a loud drummer and, you know, my, my thunderous bass, darling. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was hoarse the next day. And I thought, what an idiot. This is the equivalent of you're parked on a hill and you've forgotten to put the handbrake on, the car's rolling down the hill, and you assume, as a human, that you'll, you'll be able to stop the car from rolling down <laughs> yeah. from, from your this own bodily yeah. strength. Pe- people just want to be proactive. But mm. that's the thing. I mean, that could go one way or the other. People wanting to be proactive. That's the other thing with sound checks. It's when you get taking it in turns to sound check with the other bands and then having a line of about three or four amplifiers all set up and they, they'll say, don't go near this or we're going to keep this amp on stage. Is it? And they won't. some of the guys they won't fuck off the stage. That's the problem when you're trying to... Everyone's got to get the job done, doors or whenever, but you need to... I don't know. People tend to get a bit territorial. It's like it can't be shared. So, and sometimes you can go onto a small stage and there's like a whole other band on there trying to carry on with whatever they were doing tech-wise. When it's your turn, it's wrong. Interband politics relating yeah. to joint gigs is a is a weird one. 
this is the thing I discovered when I first toured the States. I didn't realise how much like the film Showgirls it actually is, <laughs> where the other bands uh, can be destructive. And they were. It was our second gig of a long US tour. We were in LA and playing the Key Club. Mm-hmm. Don't go looking for it. It's not there anymore. It's shut recently. Maybe it's reopened. Who knows? Who the fuck cares? And there was a band who apparently had a bit of a, a green lefty message, which my own politics veer quite intensely towards the left, and I care about green things, leprechaun stuff like that. <laughs> and second night of the tour, to cut a really long story short, we went on the stage, there was a footprint on our guitar player's amp where it had been kicked in by this political band. And apparently they felt that us as a British band in LA being there... Oh, the old um, old carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, man, your fucking carbon footprint is shit. We're going to fuck up your fucking set, assholes. (laughs) But then I think about, well, we had to take many drives to get that amp repaired later. Okay, it's not the same petrol amount that we had a a percentage uh, or a proportion of responsibility in using to get from London to LA. But that kind of stuff happens. In in America, it seems to be that the bands that you play with are either incredibly supportive. Use whatever you want, man. You can even keep my drum kit. God, I love you. So you guys are assholes. I'm going to f- take you fucking shitheads down. Your set is going to be shit. Um, and it seems to be neither, nothing in between. In Britain, it's, it's constantly in between, where people yeah. are, are mildly... <laughs> mildly annoyed with being on the bill with other people, but yeah, well, a people mask are people are friendly. Politeness. They're friendly, but they mostly, in my experience, they're friendly. I tell you, the the other one is when you sometimes get a guy who you you speak to someone at a show and stay for someone who's maybe earlier down the bill or what have you, and then the next thing you know, they've just disappeared and not watched the other acts. That always used to annoy me. You get the person who'll go on and then bugger off. We would, yeah, we're having a whinge. I like this. I like this. It's very good. This is healthy. We did a gig in South London at a weird restaurant. Uh, ben, <laughs> you and myself. Yes. At this kind of fusion North African yeah. with Thai influences restaurant somewhere in... It's very swanky. Clapham, Clapham Way. Yeah. Clapham. And we were on the bill with a, a young lad, singer-songwriter. He did the old... You know, sorry, guys, I know that I'm using your PA. I can't see your set. Do you remember what his excuse was for not being able to hang around? Yes, I do. Well, actually, we'll go back to when I've, he first introduced us. God, I can't remember his name. I think he gave us his business card. We've got that somewhere. Let's give him a name. Um, let's use a posh first name and the name of a Midlands town. Um, Sebastian... Mansfield. Sebastian Mansfield yes. himself yes. was um, uh, basically in a, a roundabout way trying to get use of our PA, but he... Um, hey, guys, he, is it OK if I uh, plug in? Exactly, that's get what he was going right for. Guys, has... Definitely. I mean, this guy... You ready to rock, man? So he basically said that after, after that, we're going. he was going to have a lunch meet with his agent the next morning. Which is why he, he had to leave early. He packed early. away the acoustic into a, like, a soft light casing, like a backpack, and he was off. But he said, I can't stay for the set. I've got a lunch meet with my agent 
tomorrow or his manager or something like that. And yeah, that was what he said earlier. He said that, um, hi, my name's um, what's Sebastian, his name? Mansfield. Sebastian Mansfield. I play seven gigs a week. Whoa. Oh, no, that was it. Seven, I play seven nights a week, six nights a week, something like that. And I was like, okay. I'm Ben and I wank in the morning and in the afternoon. Sorry, that's not that appropriate, is it? But One thing which the Beatles once said to me is, ooh, I need your love, baby, eight <laughs> days a week. So he was one day down. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I understand that people have lives um, outside of their, their musical commitments. And, you know, fair enough. If he had to wake up at five in the morning, he had earlies. Or he had to travel from London to Mansfield to go I, to work at I eight should, in the morning. I should imagine he's transatlantic, but I'm right. not sure. Well, you know, and <laughs> the bottom line is he had a luncheon meeting, right? Oh, yeah. And he'd actually mentioned that the meeting was taking place in Soho, and he actually lives in, in London. So yeah. he could not spend an extra 54 minutes of his life seeing us because it might interfere Maybe with he, his lunch appointment the next day. Maybe he had to start because he was moonwalking all the way there or something I like that. I need to work out, you know, my dance moves and stuff. You know what I mean, man? Okay? You know, Great. I need to get the stuff sorted. Good old Seb. I like him. Rock and Good roll, man. man. What yeah, a nice guy. Mansfield, man. <laughs> the name's Mansfield. Wait, wait, Mansfield Man. Sebastian Man. No, Sebastian Mansfield Man. So is it is it a double barrel? Mansfield Man. No, man. Oh, sorry, you're using hippie speak. I, I can't understand this. Also, I hope you get a good night's rest so that you're ready to meet your uh, agent. Also, why wasn't this agent at this gig, this big well, yeah, he's turning point in his career? He's footing the, he's footing the bill for lunch. He could have had Moroccan Thai food. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It was a lovely, swanky place. Yes. Very nice. We got paid a decent amount of money that night. <laughs> we did. We did. It did. Just enough to cover, cover the nibbles. The, the disparity between enjoyment levels and remuneration was huge. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a good one. I was going through Soho and the West End just a, a couple of nights ago, and it got me thinking about all of these... Kind of rock and roll musicals, mm-hmm. stuff like We Will Rock You, and yeah. and a lot of these Ben Elton penned productions tend to be based around the idea of aliens go to a far off planet, neither yeah. ours nor theirs, and they see this guitar or keyboard stuck into the rock of this planet like Excalibur's sword and then they remove it and suddenly this amazing back catalogue of 1970s classics come out <laughs> and this seems to be you know a theme for these rock and roll musicals I think there's something similar that happens with We Will Rock You yeah it's and, definitely otherworldly there's something yeah. going on there yeah and, discovery and, and this got me thinking about Lionel Richie Oh, yeah. Right. Now, there are no musicals that I know of, certainly not in the West End, based around Lionel Richie. Now, Lionel Richie has a tremendous back catalogue, both as a solo artist and and also as a member of the Commodores. Commodores. And it got me thinking of a production involving Lionel Richie. (laughs) I was stuck in traffic, so I had a lot of time to think about this. It it was going to be called All Night Long. (laughs) Or it will be called All Night Long, you know, based on the classic. Absolutely. And But I thought this could have, have um, an interstellar element, but with a difference. And I kind of imagine the way that it starts in, in a West End accent, you know, delivery. Right. You know, that kind of, well, my friends, 
The time has come. Raise the roof and have some fun. Whatever the lyrics are. Had, the way I envisaged this musical was that there was a man who, due to his own space exploration, this takes place in the future. Right. You know, Mars and human beings, colonisation of, of that already old old hat. You yeah. know, there's a McDonald's there already. It's fine. There's a, a, a Wagamama on the dark side of, <laughs> of Mars. <laughs> It only operates when Mars is rotating and it's only open when <laughs> that side of Mars isn't facing the yeah, sun. Check the website. Indeed. This chap is missing his girlfriend and his girlfriend it has been transported to another dimension because he's gone through a black hole. Right. But it turns out the dimension that she's in has enforced fun. Which on the surface, you, you know, you think you're having fun 24-7, this is good. And this relates to Lionel Richie's line, feel good, feel good. Feel good, feel good. It's this nasty, nasty parallel universe. Well, for an hour, you know, you're having a fiesta forever and it's great. <laughs> forever. Yeah. Do you think having a fiesta forever for all eternity is good, though? You might want to sit down. You might want to chill out and watch the omnibus EastEnders. You might need the loo. You might need the loo. But no... You've got to, you've got to feel good, feel good. Feel good, feel good. And it's all about this man who's trying to get back to her to save her. Right. And, and Fiesta Forever becomes a threat. He's got somebody with uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi style voice saying, if you're not able to get through to her in time, you'll never be able to see her again. And do you know what that means, Duke? <laughs> and he threw all of the the songs of Lionel Richie and the Commodores has a series of misfortune. Oh, by the way, yeah, on the planet, when he discovers the misfortune of this parallel universe, instead of it being a guitar or a keyboard that's stuck in the rock, it's the statue <laughs> the of Lionel Richie from the Hello video. In the clay. Yeah. Beautiful. And suddenly, you know, by having access to this clay Lionel Richie, <laughs> this protagonist, hell, let's call him Sebastian Mansfield. <laughs> so Maybe much. this is what he had to visit, you know, his agent about. And it, it all ends well and... It, it, it finishes with a medley of the best hits from Lionel Richie. But, like, for instance, there could be a situation where it looks like halfway through the, the production, before intermission, it might look as though... Sebastian Mansfield. He's got it sorted. He's got a key to his girl's heart. And he hits a brick wall. And then you hear, She's a brick house. <laughs> She's a brick <laughs> She's mine and my tear. <laughs> and it's just taking the entire back catalogue of Lionel Richie and making wow. it work however tenuously. Would you give money for this production? I think it sounds like a, a masterpiece. It's, it's, a, it's a hit waiting to happen. Absolutely. It's a hit waiting to happen. Feel West good, End, feel good. Broadway. What would it be called? All Night Long. Oh. 
And then in brackets, Fiesta Forever. <laughs> I don't know, I like the, oh, I like the alliteration of Fiesta Forever. I think that's got to be the title, Indeed, Fiesta Forever. Again, on the surface, well, it would seem Lionel, as though they're having fun. That's a bit more of a talisman, isn't it, for, yeah. for Lionel? So the idea is, you, you know, you think you're going to be, you know, seeing a West End production and where it's just like a big celebration, <laughs> maybe with like a, 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 a will they, won't they, Romeo and Juliet style um, family intervention, Maybe capitalism, you, Montague Cut style could, thing. But this you is... could have like a, a scene with like an oracle, a bit like the Matrix, where he's he has to seek advice from this sage, who is the original blind woman from the video who did the head. Oh, how brilliant! Yeah, is she still alive? Uh, is she oh, actually forever. blind? Forever. She could be the person that talks to Sebastian Mansfield. Exactly. Like a, it would be like a kind of high-pitched James L. Jones. Exactly. Man, if you don't get to her, you ain't going to be seeing shit. <laughs> and you'll be stuck in eternity forever yourself, motherfucker. In his ship, the, in his spaceship, the Commodore. Why is she an abonics talking, swearing piece of work? <laughs> well, you know, she hasn't had... I haven't seen her in anything she's for She's the about, Oracle. Yeah. Now, fair enough, she's it's playing a character. Creative tendencies, I guess. So, all night long, Artistic. you know. Yeah, I think that's going to be a hit. Get Ben Elson to do... I was going do... to say, he's got to pen it, really, Absolutely, he? he'll do some of the hilarious jokes. Absolutely. And, you know, they do... You know that they're going to to get it on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm getting quite excited by this. I think the West End needs a dark... This would be like an, a dark interstellar romance stories involving black holes... And Lionel Richie's amazing back catalogue. That sounds like a winner. An absolute winner. I've heard through the grapevine that your car is fucked and has not passed its MOT due to rust problems. Uh, yeah. That's... How do you feel as an Essex man driving a car, a Ford, that was manufactured in Essex, that is unable to withstand the Essex coast climactic conditions? I'll be honest, I feel cheated by life. I'm cheated sorry. Cheated by life on this front. Everything else is great, but that is a real kick of the nuts. That's a Dagenham beauty, and I don't want to see it go. So you're, the engine's working fine. The car is great. It's tip-top. It's just rusted like a good one. And are there any welding options they're able to explore to at least get it to pass its MOT? There are, but it would be worth more than the car itself. For it's those, one of those ones. Right. For those listeners not from the UK, an MOT, which stands for Ministry of Transport, is a yearly certificate which you need to pass in order to ensure that your car is safe. Yes. Um, it's not like the US, where you can drive a banger as long as it gets from point A to point B, it's all right. Here, your car has to have a, a basic standard of of yep. safety levels. It's got to have the paperwork. A bit like the basic hygiene standards which that motel in Texas required, which allowed yeah, the, the, the cleaning woman-loving guitarist to enjoy himself <laughs> and to create a mess. <laughs> yes, yeah, they have to have... um. Everything in order, and it won't be. But to be honest, I like... Um, certainly in my London days, I never had a, a motor. It's, it was always... Everything was on foot. I enjoy it like that. I like being out and about. And um, I think it's important to be on the ground, if you like. I think I spend too much time in a car. I know that the beloved 
the beloved Volvo has always done us very proud. But I don't know. I think I don't mind not having a, motor, a car for a while. I think it's it's good to take a walk, see some stuff. I need to be able to see some things to write some songs. So that's the that's where I'm going with this one. But yeah, it's it's annoying because the car's fine. The car's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with it apart from the like the rust underneath. Talking of cars, I very randomly and, and unexpectedly ended up seeing Gary Newman live last week. Oh right. At the forum. I bumped into some people who knew me from a past life from a large band that I did session work for. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually remember them to be honest, but they <laughs> knew they knew my name and mentioned the name of that particular act. And that particular act incorporated keyboards um, into their live set. And they thought that I'd like to go and see Gary Newman. So I went. Right. The night was actually sold out. Um, The Forum is a great venue. He was doing all of the... I believe the name of the album is The Pleasure Principles. It's the album that has cars on it, the song. And... Well, goodness, talking of Essex, he is an Essex-born yes, performer. that's right, yeah. And it was quite weird because on the stage there was this large photograph in a neon frame which made him resemble an oracle in his own right. Oh, excellent. Or certainly a godlike figure or a fascist dictator, <laughs> which was... Newmanism. yeah. This Newman photo must have dated to 1979-1980, quite possibly to when the Pleasure Principle, and I hope I'm getting the name of the album uh, title right, when that came out. Yeah. And it was quite weird because you would look up at the image of Gary Newman from roughly 1980. And in that particular photo, he had peroxide hair, good hair colour, a colour that I had for a long while, and, and a little bit of you know, male pattern baldness going he was still rocking it no issue with that but then I I peered down closer to Gary Newman circa 2015 and he didn't just have like a little bit more hair he had a lot more hair he is wearing a full full on wig oh a syrup you know in lush black locks oh um guys He's actually looking very well. He's very svelte. Um, mm-hmm. I presume he leads a decent lifestyle of, I'm sure. of, you know, not all that much in the drink and drug stakes. You're not very lined. You know, he's got a full Irish jig. To use a bit of rhyming slang for you, he, 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 was, he had a bit of an Irish jig wig. And which is, you know, fine. There are other musicians who have gone the, the wiggy route. Yes. Uh, Richie Blackmore being one. Uh, Elton John has some kind of a, an attachment taking place. Um, oh, uh, Steve Harley. And the late Michael Jackson. Yeah. But in in like Richie Blackmore's situation, it, it looks legit. It looks like it could be his own hair. It moves around when he moves. <laughs> Gary Newman, when he would be doing a keyboard solo, it, it was as though he was doing that guitar player, doing a solo, the higher you go up the more it looks like you're smelling shit kind of oh, look. Oh, smelling the shit. You know, you, you know man, you know, if, if you don't look like you're smelling shit, you ain't doing it right, motherfucker. And, you know, he was you know, moving around quite a bit. The hair didn't move at all. Whoa, no. So it's the one where you turn yeah. around. <laughs> it, 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 did not move, it did not move in the least. Wow. What a wave. I realised in when I first heard Cars 
the song. Brilliant tune. Yeah. When I first heard that song, I thought it was, I have hair in my car. Hair in my car. And I thought, oh, is that is he hair making reference to <laughs> is he making a reference to the wigs of his future? And obviously, you know, <laughs> now it's like hair in the boot, <laughs> like in a little case, like a travel case. I've got hair on my crown. <laughs> oh, bless him! It was a good gig, though, because he went kind of. Uh, was it a, a, he I had a right. breakdown, I think, during the second or third album. Right. So where were you going? I didn't mean to. I didn't know you. that. That that maybe puts into that he had a bit of a, a sort of dark, not metal phase or like industrial. Mm. Industrial, yes. Yeah. Yes. He he did the whole of the pres. Uh, he did the whole of the pleasure principle. <laughs> he did the whole <laughs> of that album, and then how and, and then for the encore, he did what appeared to my ears as newer material, which was very very industrial. Right, okay. It, it recalled a bit of early Nine Inch Nails with yes, a bit of yeah. filter thrown in and quite full on, like a, a techno beat, but with like really heavy two Gibson Les Pauls bashing away type of uh, delivery. Wow. And um, which I have to say was actually quite convincing. You know, it, it wasn't dull. Yeah, and I can imagine. Another thing which he managed to do was, and I don't know if he was using the old analog keyboards. From those from back in the day, or good samples of it, but like the keyboard solos that you would hear in our friends Electric mm -hmm. or Cars, you know they were there. You know, and they are brilliant keyboard sounds. And there's nothing worse when you go and see a, a band from a specific era, and when they have a keyboard part, you know, it sounds like a, a B farting, where <laughs> it, it should be this glorious analog celebration of. Mr. Moog's handiwork. The sounds were good. The hair was better than it was back in the day, if not really doing a lot in the flowing movement stakes. Decent backing band, you know, young backing band. But um, yeah, it was it was a decent gig. I would not have gone. It was a free ticket. I was honoured to be asked. Mm. These people also got drinks for me. So it was a wow. bit like I just I was returning home from a rehearsal. So I had my bass on me, I had my box of tricks. And when I was arriving at the forum, one of the security people, a nice guy, said, uh, excuse me, mate, shouldn't you be uh, arriving through the back? <laughs> ha 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 ha, the cloakroom's over there, motherfucker. <laughs> And um, but then suddenly I thought, okay, good enough. You know, thanks very much. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to pay twenty pounds around to to earn my ticket. But no, it was ciders all night. They were happy to have me there. These wow. lovely people. So yes, I, I got my Gary Newman on, and it was an amazing cross section. There's this lovely woman who looks like she wears comfortable shoes. If you know what I mean. Rhyme with you. And. <laughs> She clearly arrived at the venue straight from work because she had her uniform from home base. Oh, I was oh. going to say Marks and Spencers. You had me go in there. Home base. Right. And it looked like she worked in kind of a kitchen department at home base. And she knew every word. Wow. The cross-section of people at this gig, phenomenal. There was a guy next to me who... Honestly, I'm not exaggerating this, was probably about 75 years old. Right. And then he came up to me when 
one of the big hits was playing. I think it was Our Friends Electric. It wasn't Gary himself. Was no, it? no, it wasn't. No, no, no. It, it, uh, this guy was uh, not as hirsute uh-huh. as, as Mr. <laughs> New Man. And it was really, really sweet. He, he came up and goes, goes, did you know this record came out in 1979? And yeah, I gave the universal thumbs up. And I don't know why he felt duty-bound to share this with me, but it's quite sweet. You know, I think he felt that he needed to impart this information. And this chap, I mean, in 1979, you know, he was probably considering his retirement options then. It was, <laughs> but he sang along. He was a very, very, you know, fit, sprightly really? 75, 76-year-old. And That's it was unreal. great seeing this woman of comfortable shoe-loving bent in a, in a home base uh, dungaree situation, singing right in front of this pensioner uh, in his mid-70s, all enjoying Mr Newman. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Sounds like a good show. It's not too bad. Yeah, Maybe he needs to. I saw some footage of um, Ultravox playing a few, a few tunes on the internet. Old Midge, what's his name? Is Midge Yore. Yeah, he's, 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 he's pretty much a, a shined head now. Almost he, Wilco, Wilco-like. But he's I, gone Wilco. I did think, um, I was thinking that when you were talking about the keyboards and how you've got to get that right. Ultravox um, do the keyboard yeah, sound is so it's, it's so lovely. important. Um, I'm a quite a big Ultravox fan actually. Very good band. Uh, love Chris Cross's bass playing, and mm-hmm. I think the name of the album is Quartet. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, "Reap the Wild Wind" on it, mm-hmm. and and the vocal everything's really scary. Everything's great. Midgels vocals are great, and then the bass sound. Uh, all of it goes through a phaser, and you would think normally that would be a bit overwrought, but with Ultravox it just worked. Yeah. For a while there, before Midgeor started to shave his head, I used to think Bob Mortimer, Midgeor, separated <laughs> at birth. Yes. Yeah, there is something there. There is a resemblance. And also, yeah, the, and even the, the receding hairline, sort of in the sort of the Live Aid days. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And also, in the case of Midgeor, he's also a similar height to okay. Bob Mortimer. I've had the pleasure of, of being in their company, and I was amazed at how... The very larger than life figures who are around the five foot six range. Right, okay. And they both rock it. Did you hear about poor Bob Mortimer? He no. had a major health scare, a triple bypass last week. Really? Yes. Good God. Yeah, I don't. It's kind of weird when you see. Because, he, yeah, he's great. British alternative comedians suffering from. Ailments, yeah. prematurely. I'm a big, I'm a big with the amount of energy. That, the, yeah, the the energy they've had over the years is fantastic. The smell of Reese Mortimer shooting stars. I mean, that was really. They were really ahead of their time when it was. You know, when they were first coming out in the early '90s. Very, very good. They were rehearsing for a tour that I think was due to start this week, and they've right. had to cancel it. Oh, and God. Uh, Vic has been visiting him in hospital. Um, as as often as he can, which I think is really, really sweet. I like the idea of, of comedy double acts who genuinely get genuinely on. care, yeah, kind of a, a Morecambe and Wise thing, if you Indeed. like. Indeed. Yeah, it's like a brotherly love thing. But I suppose when you've been working as a duo for that long, mm. that, those those things are going to happen. But yeah, I get well soon, but what a top man. Indeed. If you were in hospital, I'd go and see you all the time. Yeah, I need to, like, nick my wallet and stuff. But that goes without saying, <laughs> I really like your wallet. It's the Velcro connection. But when you come in, will you please ensure you're wearing a 
a sexy maid's outfit and start just <laughs> pretend you don't know that I'm there in the bedding right. and just start cleaning around, just to do the. The, the cleaning of, of the, the environment I'm in, the bed, the, all you, around the... Cur- draw the curtains, right. and I'll just watch. Do you like the use of, like, creams and solvents? You know I do. And... Uh, Toilet duck. Feather dusters. Yeah, absolutely. If the lot. I'm talking... The lot. Really? Really go to town. Uh, so you I'll also have this. a thing for cleaning stuff. Well, I didn't before this started. Right. But then you've got the thing with the, even the woman in the, the B&Q thing. I don't know, there's just something... Non-standard is good, we've always said this. The, the woman in the home base ensemble, you know, this was not an, an alluring... I can imagine, I know. She, she was a comfortable shoe wearer. She looked like she could kick my ass and enjoy it and uh, <laughs> do it with minimal effort. So you would be in hospital, you would be recuperating. Would you want me to be wearing the... Kind of medical cleaning staff, oh, clinical no. wear, or would you want the uh, tarty ta- French maid oh. outfit? Can we go somewhere between the medical and maybe some sort? I'm thinking tabard. Right. Okay. I, don't, I know that doesn't. It lives in the. It's in the universe, but I think I think that's what we want, or that's what I want. Well, <laughs> I don't want you to get ill, but I, I wouldn't mind wearing that ensemble. It's going to happen. You know what? I mean, I know that we're recording now. Maybe I should. Uh, Look at that floor and uh, start <laughs> mopping away oh, yeah. while listening to Get Lionel Richie. <laughs> Fiesta forever. Absolutely. Ben, it has been a cavalcade of thumping pants goodness having you back it's here been... on the Dukey Radio Show. Thank you, darling. It's been absolutely wonderful. God bless you. Right, let me see if I've got some bleach. Oh, yeah. Well, that's your lot. Ben Wood, a truly lovely chap, a dear friend and an extremely talented musician. I think our all night long brackets Fiesta Forever musical idea may really have wings. I must give Lionel Richie a call and Ben Elton. So much to do. You've been listening to Ben Wood Returns. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Until next time... I must go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. She's a brick ass. Oh, my, my, let me do lay out. Oh, she's a brick ass. The lady stacked and that's a fact. I feel good, I feel good.